If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief. And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Podcast Unlocked. Uh, what's happening, everybody? Hi, Ryan. Hi. Hi. Hey, Hello. Marty. Whoa. I like you. Yeah, that happened really quickly. I like. I said the, hi really quickly. Like your nice greeting. He's eager. Yeah. Makes me feel good. Eager, <laughs> eager beaver gets the worm. Yeah. Nope. I, I don't think that's, that's how those go. Not together. what they eat. That's a parable. <laughs> that's. We're off to a great start. Yeah, we're off to a <laughs> po- <laughs> grind. It's podcast unlocked. The world's number one Xbox yeah. podcast. Uh, it's episode one hundred and fifty-four wow. for July seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. That's a number. Coming to you a day late, but for once. We're a day late, and we actually that resulted in us being able to talk about a big breaking story that just That's happened true. that we would not have been able to to talk about yeah. yesterday. So we'll cover that. It's, sadly, it's not good news. It's yeah, about no. some uh, people losing their jobs at Xbox and sort of what it means for the future of the platform. But uh, nevertheless, it will merit a very interesting discussion. So I'm Ryan McCaffrey to my right. The great Dustin Legary. The great. Yeah. Wow. Let's pride go with that. Let's, let's stick the with pride that. of the sunset. He doesn't even live <laughs> I there. I don't even live there anymore. <laughs> Still is. Pride of the East Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marty Sleeve on hey, my hey, left. Everybody. I like your hoodie. Thanks. It's black, and I wear it <laughs> a lot. And I don't have anything else. I wear this, and then my my sweater that I get a lot of positive and negative comments for. It looks very it's comfortable. A, it's a polarizing sweater. It is. Yeah. Is that the like uh, sort of the Native, Native American, American one? Yeah. 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 And Sean Finnegan joining us again by popular demand. Hello, everyone. You are Glad beloved. Be Thank you. Are. Fans I, uh, responding to Sean Finnegan. I'm very happy to hear that. I had a great time on the show last time. I think time the exact and... quote was F. Mitch Dyer. <laughs> Get that <laughs> guy Sean out of here. Finnegan. Mitch is just happens to be busy today. Appreciate yep. you pinch hitting, Sean. I of know course. Glad we appreciated to do it. your uh, Halo enthusiasm. You have a long Halo history from last week. And well, actually, a very we, long one, yeah. Part of the big news this week does involve Halo. So we'll get to that. Uh, the Destiny beta, of course, gets kicking off for PlayStation fans. I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound here, but that's kicking off today as we record. Wednesday is going to be the day, so the next time we record, the beta will be underway on Xbox platforms. But, quick plug, before that, 
Uh, I believe it's a day or two before it goes up on Xbox. It's either the Monday or the Tuesday. We are premiering the first ever Xbox One footage from the game. And in fact, it's nine. It's running at 900p in the beta on Xbox because they had to, you know, they the way game development works is they, they have to branch off much earlier. You right. know, that, that's mm-hmm. the beta is technically old code. So when we got to mm-hmm. go up there, yeah, they showed us the current Xbox One build running on a straight off of an Xbox One development kit, and they let us capture some mm-hmm. footage straight off of it, and it's me with uh, one of the technical wizards on the game. So yeah, that sounds we, awesome. Yeah, and well, even that's old code now. Well, by <laughs> now, yeah, but yeah. it's uh, it's well the first ever Xbox footage, and it's it'll be the only 1080p Xbox footage mm-hmm. you're gonna find out there. So that's good stuff. Looking forward to that. Uh, Deej from Bungie, he was mm-hmm. here this week as part of uh, we premiered the beta itself, the footage, first footage of the beta on the uh, on our live stream yesterday as we record. And he was kind enough before he headed off to the airport to get back to Bungie, sat in here with me for 30 minutes, and we talked about a lot of community centric stuff. And you know, I brought up our podcast unlocked Facebook group and how mm-hmm. you know positive a community that is. Mm-hmm. And he's got some really fascinating insights into. Just what, how to, how to build a good community, how to, how to have fun online without having it ruined by those, you know, that vocal minority of, of uh, trolls. So stay tuned for that interview coming up after the marketplace report. And then, guys, I wanted real quick before we get into the the heart of everything. This week was the 11 year anniversary of Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, oh wow! Did you all play it? Or do I, I have to fire you all right now? I did. Yeah. I played. I bought yes. my original Genius. Xbox for KOTOR. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I didn't buy it at launch because I had a uh, Xbox came out the same fall as GameCube, right? Correct. And I bought a GameCube that fall. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't until KOTOR came out that I bought it that summer. And that game was awesome. So I remember I didn't own an Xbox because I was deep in the Counter-Strike phase of my life. Yeah. But my buddy had one, and he only had three games. One was Halo. The yeah. other one was Fusion Frenzy. And KOTOR, which I one of these is one. not like yeah. the other. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Fusion Frenzy is really awesome. <laughs> a game where you have to run around the screw and jump. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Great, but yeah, KOTOR was a huge part of that sort of system for me. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was I mean, that was a lot of our you know unless you were a pretty hardcore PC RPG player, this was everyone's first introduction to Bioware. True. Um, you know, yeah, at for the, console pro- game. easily well, not easily, but. Arguably the best Star Wars game, period, and at that point, definitely uh, right up there yeah. with you know X-Men Jedi Knight Two, Fire, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and just such an amazing story told, such a great, obviously twist revelation, you know that that is spoiler, sort of... <laughs> it's been eleven years, <laughs> but just sort of that like no one saw that thing coming. I didn't, so, yeah, I didn't. I was blown away. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, such a great game. I mean, it's uh, that game. I know you could make the case Morrowind came out, was ported over mm-hmm. from PC to the original Xbox in 2002, but I would really make the case that uh, KOTOR was the game that made Xbox the home for Western RPGs, because really, you know, the PlayStation 2, of the, at the same time, and, you know, whatever may have been on the GameCube, was very much dominated by uh, JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we started, you know, that, and that, of course, KOTOR led to Mass Effect, which obviously blew up the last generation, and uh, how'd you guys play it? Good, evil, in between? Light side, dark side? I have to play oh, Paragon play when I play games. Yeah. Part, yeah. Like, I feel guilty if I play God, any other way. I know, we're super <laughs> well, I always play, 
like with the good path with the intention of going back and doing and but you never do jerk, but i never do yeah, yeah. <laughs> you finish the game you're like well that was great but it was also 60 hours so i don't, yeah. don't want to do that again uh you you play you play as an a-hole though don't Come, you? well that was the first game where you know it was it really the, one of the first if not the, the first i can think of that fully re- gave you the choice because there were games like dungeon keeper and things mm-hmm. that were built around being a bad guy yeah but i feel like kotor is the first game i can remember that actually gave you the choice uh gameplay affecting choices mm-hmm. of being good or evil and so i was like yeah i i want to go full dark side in this game <laughs> and as i recall there were there was a quest or two where you could not only double cross people you could perform, perform the rare triple cross. <laughs> <laughs> you could go back. At a certain point, you're just and like, I have no like, idea whose side I'm on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've screwed over everyone, and it's amazing. <laughs> but all the different planets in oh, that yeah. game, all the, yeah, you yeah, mentioned. The supporting characters. Uh, what's really has quite a show for HK47. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and it was, yeah, 40 hours is what about what I put into it. Yeah. And, uh,. It was yeah. I mean, the only bugaboo about it was that it didn't run super great on yeah. the original Xbox. I mean, if you played it on PC later, it ran better, but it didn't it didn't hurt the game yeah. in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. But um, I actually got to review it. That's one of the best review assignments oh, I ever got. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember I took my Xbox debug kit up to LucasArts, which at the time was off of uh, Lucas Valley Road up in <laughs> yeah, you know right. Marin. North of the Bay. Uh, back, you know, Skywalker Ranch is where it was, and they, you know, they in, they actually installed it on my, which at the time was like we didn't do that. Yeah, no, nobody installed things on their hard drive, and yeah, it was like a, I think it filled every byte of the disc yeah. you know, of the original <laughs> oh, wow. DVD. But God, what what good times that was. Yeah. I have you guys tried the iPad version at all that came out a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it was within a, within the, the last year. Tried it on my iPad. Was it that recent? Yeah, I think it, it was that recent. Work, um, yeah, I mean it's it's a little it takes a little bit getting used to, but honestly, it's it's a great way to still play the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you can play it on the go, you know, it probably looks better playing off like a Retina screen. Probably, will, you know, <laughs> yeah, 480p on yeah. the original Xbox. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The game it, it it still holds up surprisingly. Buy a lot of Bioware games too. I went back and played uh, Jade Empire a little while ago. See, I never oh, nice. played it back in the day. Oh, really? My old boss loved it, but yeah, I just I just missed it, and it's. It's like a that's kind of become a cult classic at this point. Yeah, I have yeah. a weird fondness for it in my heart. Like I hold it even like above Mass Effect, which is weird. Really? Yeah. How co- how so? I mean, because I'll bet a lot of our listeners also haven't played it. So kind of what's, yeah. What it, what what appealed to you about Jade Empire? Yeah, it was it was sort of uh, Bioware's take on like uh, Japanese myths and legends, uh, which is something I was super I was super like uh, at the time. I don't know if I was going, I think I was still in high school, but I was like, I wanted to be a, a sort of like folklore and mythology major in college. Yeah. Uh, so this was something I was really interested in. Obviously, grow up like loving, you know, kung fu and chop sake movies and everything. So this was kind of capitalizing off everyone loving Crouching Tiger and, you know, House of Flying Daggers. Uh, so sort of capturing that feel, that world, uh, those sort of different, uh, you know, religions and methodologies and mythologies. Uh, I thought the story was really cool. I loved the the combat was much more action orientated than, yeah. than Which KOTOR. Would kind of uh, it's kind of a precursor for how the Mass Effect series evolved. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, and I just I thought it was a really cool world that very few games have ever delved in, and I always think it's a bummer that they didn't you know revisit. Obviously, I don't think the numbers were up to. No, KOTOR, I don't think it's. It, but it, it was it was uh, like Kotor. It was an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, that was yeah, not on any other console. Yep. And it's yeah, it's kind of when you think about Bioware games, it's kind of the, the one that most people forget about. Yeah, which yeah. is a little sad. Yeah. 
Womp womp. All right, so uh, let's get right to it. We'll come right back and do some news. IGN's number one Xbox podcast, the podcast unlocked, presents the news unlocked. All righty. Let's start with the big bad news of the week, unfortunately, the breaking news we referred to at the top of the Mm -hmm. show. Xbox Entertainment Studios, which is better known as the TV division, has been shut down as part of the massive restructure. Well, not restructure, just a a bunch of layoffs. Let's not not, Not uh, beat around the bush. Yeah. 18,000 jobs lost at Microsoft in the next 12 months. Yeah, over the next year. Yeah. The bulk of them, two-thirds of them, 12-something thousand of them coming from the Nokia division that they just folded in yeah. oh. buying them. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that, that was yeah, sort the of The implication was that it was a lot of redundancy sort of minimalization, right, and not exactly cutting down the core business. Yeah, yeah. sadly, that seems to be always how it goes. We had it happen to us when, oh, yeah. when our company got bought last year. It was yeah, like, well, absolutely. redundant, like all a bunch of Entire tech, departments tech guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, sorry. So yeah, bad news. Uh, so yeah, but but I'm I'm pretty surprised by this. I mean, because this whole TV thing was a big push for them. Okay, we're gonna they wanted to build a, you know, Netflix esque. There was a montage of their press conference of somebody just saying TV. Yeah, I was gonna say you know? like we've all seen the video that went viral on YouTube where it's just yeah, a sure. cut mm-hmm. of all of them talking about TV. I mean, but even that, they announced you know, exclusive content Halo. for you know, Halo. That was I mean I I guess the idea was that it was supposedly supposed to be exclusive to the xbox platform and their distribution but that wasn't going to be the we now know that's not the case but that seemed to be the aim that they were taking with xbox entertainment studios to see that it's been closed is kind of a i mean i think this is just a another obviously a very drastic but another step in the of of microsoft getting away from what was originally pitched as that all-in-one entertainment thing that also happens to play video games towards the nope this is a video game box that does have some functionality outside of games but yeah, yeah this is for video games yeah yeah i mean that you know i talked on the show what was it i guess maybe uh i don't even remember when that was a couple months ago now two mm-hmm. three months ago where they had an event here in san francisco where they sort of gave us the um it was like the upfronts for yeah. xbox where they sort of talked us through the the whole lineup of programming and there were a few interesting shows in there yeah. in fact one of them the every street united the soccer thing hmm. aired that happened yeah mm-hmm. so i don't you know we'll see if any of the rest of them make it yeah. but i don't know i don't know how far along any of them might have been yeah. if any of maybe them are the, done maybe the soccer thing was way below expectations i mean i'm sure this was planned before that aired though sure but yeah, even yeah. like one bad performance from a show shouldn't be the nail in the coffin no certainly right? not i mean yeah. the big question that everyone is going to have is what what does this mean for halo what does this yep. mean for the spielberg halo tv series what does well that's this mean already for halo coming Nightfall? yeah I don't that's think, already coming I don't... the cable right well, we so that was yeah. You're right, Marty. That was yeah. our first question. Reached out to Microsoft this morning, just before the show, actually, and we got a quote from them saying, "Led by 343 Industries, Halo Nightfall will be released this fall as part of the Master Chief Collection, and the Halo Television series remains on track. Neither project is impacted." So, Halo proving immune hmm. to the uh, to the unfortunate situation happening down mm-hmm. in Los Angeles at the Xbox Entertainment Studios facility. Can we go over it? So a lot of people know what the Halo television series or is or going to be. What's Halo Nightfall? That's like the Forward Unto Dawn style okay. episodic release. Yeah. You know, it's I don't know how many, if it's four parts, five parts, yeah, the yeah. way that Forward Unto Dawn was. Just, um, But it's... It, it's uh, Forward Unto Dawn was cool. It was. <laughs> I liked it a lot. 
it it, de- it debuts with uh, Master Chief Collection, so it's that's your your ticket to it in yeah. there. I'm gonna be seeing uh, it's public at the. I'm gonna be at Comic Con next week, and they're gonna be having a big panel on. Uh, on, yeah, on, I'm, on both the game itself and on uh, Nightfall. I would so. bet the farm that they'll sh- show some sort of footage. Yeah, that's what that's what you do at Comic Con, yeah, right? You show so. footage from your new yeah, TV thing. And then my other question to you was, what does this mean for Quantum Break? Because that was the other. That's the game that we know uh, is is the some of the storytelling to- is told through a television series. Right. Actually, that's yeah. I'm yeah. interested in that. I didn't even think about that. So I this isn't. I don't. I haven't confirmed this 100%, but to the best of my knowledge, the Quantum Break stuff is all part of Quantum Break. You're you're going to watch that TV within the game. Okay. Not within, you know, not externally off of, uh, you so know, Xbox like, It's like TV. a remedy joint. It's not a, exactly. it's not an so Xbox original. To the best of, I'm pretty sure that it is a, it is part of their development yeah. budget and it is all a, a exactly So that, it would be like thing. ostensibly in, in Metal Gear 4 instead of watching a half hour cutscene this game would shift over to like a half, half hour, hour episode, episode of a TV yep. show. Yeah, I don't exactly. understand Quantum Break at all. What that game is, what it's going to play well, like. I think we're going to they've already said before E3 oh, we're yeah, going to yeah, we're going to I was sure if I could actually, yeah, like, yeah. you're going to be there. there. Are we going to get fired? Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be at Gamescom as well. Uh, and we know they definitely said, you know, Quantum Break was not going to be at E3, but we're going to yeah. have a huge presence at Gamescom. They had that whole trailer for that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh yeah, I mean, a lot of us are still like we have that initial look and we're like well, this is cool looking, but well, I don't know what it is or what kind yeah. of game this is. So, uh yeah, I'm really excited, especially. I mean, Remedy is awesome. Yeah, I in mean, Remedy, I trust. Yeah, I mean, so Alan Wake I guess the final question on this topic. I mean, were, how excited were you guys, or not, for the Xbox TV stuff? Was it something you were looking forward to? Now that it's pretty well not going to happen, are Xbox you completely TV? indifferent to it? I'm honestly, I, I hate people losing jobs, but I'm. I wasn't that excited for it, if only because more and more people are getting into this TV race, and I'm just getting to this point where it's just like there's too many. I have too many shows on my like not not only like aside from like HBO and AMC, but now like there's Netflix shows worth watching. Hulu. Uh, I mean, there's Hulu originals. There's Yahoo is now bringing back Community. Amazon has their originals. At a certain point, it's like everyone's trying to get the same. You get a piece of this pie. Right. There's only so much pie to go around. Yeah. I also really want pie right now. That said, I mean, <laughs> now I, I, mean, I use my Xbox as it stands now mostly to watch media. Like, there's not a lot of games that I play on it. I'm kind of just waiting for the Master Chief Collection. So yeah. I'm kind of ambivalent about hearing that the platform itself as a distribution platform for television is going to be shut down just because, you know, I liked the idea of having exclusive content to a platform that I use all the time in my living room. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like there is this kind of mad race to produce exclusive or original content and distribute it on your platform so it's more vertically integrated. But like the way I look at it, the more of those that there are around, the better the content's going to be. And platforms are driven by content. So like if you have good shows, then people are going to watch your network. Like like AMC. Nobody gave a crap about AMC 10 years ago. Yeah, right now walking with Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, Yeah. and like they're, they're now in a position where, you know, if they are able to sort of chop off their cable ties they could presumably be their own little production studio and distribution mm-hmm. vertical where they could offer subscription-based stuff and make way more money than they sure do from and, the, and the thought always is that if you know if one of these xbox originals just i mean it was not likely but if one of them happened to be breaking bad or downton abbey in terms <laughs> yeah. of like yeah. critical acclaim then you're bringing in this entire new audience well, to your exactly. video game platform and i think that's that's the part that i'm sort of sort of sad about is like they have franchises that 
could be those series, mm-hmm. right? Like a Halo series. I know could, what that looks it, it like. It could in resonate my head, with that yeah. Walking Dead audience. Exactly. Like, like people. You know, did you see good. Halo this week? Holy yeah. crap! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like whether or not you can adapt a sprawling epic sci-fi for television, that's one thing. But like, I personally don't think you can do it. You're just too limited on budget and time. But that's a property that you could very well market to an audience that is a big audience. Like the Xbox audience is huge and presumably make some really good content and get a lot of people to watch it and then further other content the same way. So it's, it kind of sucks to see that that may not be in their future, but at least we'll get a little bit of Halo. I'm just bummed. We're never going to get that Blinks three camera sitcom with a laugh track, (laughs) live studio audience. (laughs) Written by Louis CK. Yeah. Oh man. I can get behind all of this. All right. So uh, yeah, best wishes to all those that are affected at Microsoft and hopefully they'll get to make, Awesome content elsewhere. elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Just continuing sad news. Yeah, <laughs> on the Marty, note of departures. Yeah, Marty, yeah. keep it going for us. Um, so we we have reported on the Crytek, uh, yes, the massive Crytek story that's been you know coming yeah. out of uh, Jason Schreier, Kotaku. You know, uh, yeah, we covered know. this on the show last yeah. week, but this is a but this a, is even this is even deeper, a more uh, damning wrinkle. So you know, the the story was that people weren't getting paid, people had just stopped working, but uh, evidently, you know, Homefront Revolution's director just left Crytek, so that game is now. Funny how that happens when you're not getting paid or not getting paid the yeah. full amount you're supposed, supposed to, get to get paid. paid. Yeah. yeah, and when all of your coworkers are also abandoning the ship. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so I mean, there's you know from. You know, you saw the game at uh, Judges Week at pre three, and they pretty much told you this is a vertical slice. Yeah, I at first thought it was the game, and then I asked, and I said, "So is this the vertical slice? Is this? Oh, well, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, is it all right? No, I think I just asked, is this in the game? Like, is this a level in the game? Like, well, no, this is a sort of this is to sort show, of show off the mechanics and what it will be like. And so it's like, oh, so this is a vertical slice and. They were a little hesitant to use that term. Use that exact term, but that's exactly what it was. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah what I saw was not the actual game. Of course, there was there's game being built. Yeah, but you know what they had to show off was uh, something that no one will ever get to see or play. Yeah. Really, I mean, judging uh, from this, you know, Homefront's not officially canceled, but unofficially, like if I were a betting man, I don't think we will ever see that game, at least in that incarnation. Yeah, somebody yeah. would have to like buy Crytek and hire that whole team back. You yeah, know, but that's not going to happen. I mean, they're not going to come back. Yeah, I don't know what's going like to come that. out of this. If this is going to be sort of a THQ style thing, where all of a sudden these I, these different properties are now going to be available, things well, like Crisis, things like I don't know. South I mean, Park. yeah. Uh, so Crytek had bought home fr- the Homefront IP themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and then they partnered up. They found a publisher in the form of Deep Silver to publish this game. So. You gotta wonder: Is Deep Silver gonna dig into their pockets to fund this in exchange for, you know, either the IP rights or mm-hmm. a huge chunk of the profits? Like, sure, they, they definitely have. The Deep Silver has leverage if they want to put this game out. Yeah. They can say, "All right, well, you guys can't pay your people. We will, but guess what? The IP is gonna be ours now. We're yeah. gonna take a huge chunk of the profits, yeah. or will you know Crytek say?" Forget it. We'd rather it just bleed out and hang on to yeah. it than than have you guys yeah. take all of our money. So. Uh, so it could still come out, but Marty, you're thinking you, you're I'm saying no. no. Yeah, I mean it's a it's this whole story is a bummer too. Because, it is. Uh, I mean this is sort of a death knell for Rise Two as well. You know, and oh, Rise we covered 2, that like last the, week. Yeah, 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 and that's a game you know, I would love 
a second stab. Well, God, that was the worst pun ever. A second stab at Rise. Oh, <laughs> a second gross slow motion oh. leg getting cut off at Rise. Uh, yeah, because Rise, as as it stood, I wasn't a huge fan of Rise, but I think what was there is really interesting, and you know, it could have been that. Assassin's Creed One to Assassin's Creed Two leap and yeah, in I agree. Fixing everything, so well, the, and the premise for for the new Homefront was cool. Yeah. It's an open world, you know, in Philadelphia. No games are ever set yeah. there. Uh, you know, where there'd be sort of dynamic missions and things that would occur as you're sort of living in this oppressed Philadelphia, trying to overthrow the I forget what they're called, like the HK or something, yeah. the whatever the name of the Korean army that has yeah. you know fictional korean army that's invaded the country so okay get uh, sean do you think what do you, what do you say is, is Homefront going to come out what's your gut tell you uh i'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say that yes it's going to come out oh positive finnegan yeah, that's what we call like, you the way i look at it yeah they've been going through some ma- some pretty big problems and that's kind of that's always terrible to hear but once you have a publisher lined up and the game's been in development for a while like you can at least I think you can deal with key people leaving if you have to. Yeah. Especially if you've invested a ton of money into it and you bought the IP. Mm-hmm. That's not something you're just going to let fall by the wayside. I mean, and you'll go through, you'll try, you'll, you'll trudge through hell to get through it. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll probably yeah. do that. At least I hope they do. I'd agree with you, but like it's not just key people. It's like everybody's leaving because they're not getting paid. Yeah, I mean that's you know? again totally shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the very least, there's if the game does come out, it's there's about a 99 percent chance it's delayed from its because they had told us yeah. they told us february it is 2015 delayed. that's what they said at pre-e3 so video game that that's quick. not happening no that's not happening so uh so destin you're saying no you think it's uh because of the, if the it loss com- of people if it comes out somebody else is going to buy it and uh work on that game you know uh, it's not going to be crytek uk crytek uk seems to be going through some major turmoil well all of crytek yeah i don't i don't know what's going on with that company but they need to get it together or they need to start selling off their ips to people who can finish the games yeah it's unfortunate news i mean the one thing to your point finnegan is you know with with this uh the project lead the director leaving you know it's possible that his sort of blueprint for the game is already written it's just a matter exactly. of executing it so you know, of course, the director is an important person on a project, one of the most important people. But you know, you wonder if is it if it's simply a matter of executing the plan. Yeah, maybe his, you could, maybe his vision. Still make it the groundwork's already there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I will say, gorgeous game, uh, run, yeah. running obviously on Cry CryEngine three. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I mean, I'm like a sucker for cool weather effects, particularly in first person games because just I don't know, it makes me feel immersed in the world. They had a rain and these. Uh, these curtains blowing in the in like the wind inside a hat in like from an open window that just looks so yeah. cool. Was and just you like, sat there and watched it for ten minutes. I just was like, like wow. I was like, oh, that, all right, this is this, yeah, this looks gorgeous. I yeah. hope this game comes out. And I just. I just was imagining the trailer where Ryan's quote, they had this rain and curtains. It was so cool. IGN. IGN says amazing curtain physics. So, best of luck to everyone in contact in the front. Do we have better news, Destin? Yeah, sales are up for Xbox, which is great. Actually, uh, they doubled in June, is yep. what I'm reading on this piece of paper. Thank you, price <laughs> cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when I got due my to Xbox. the price cut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't know what the exact numbers were in uh, in May, but yeah, the the news that they've doubled in June uh, is obviously a great sign. Yeah. Uh, do you guys still use your Connect? I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. I've given up. Okay. As I've said on the show, I've given up on the trying to turn it on. Yeah. But 
it works great for everything else. So media control, you know, whether it's pausing or, uh, you know, go, you know, going to Titanfall or what have you, mm-hmm. and or turning it off works fantastic. It's just the on that's yeah. never freaking works and makes me crazy. But yeah, I actually love the voice controls. I usually record too. that. Oh, yeah. that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah that's super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll eat dinner a lot. Um, and you do that I, every day, right? Yes. Uh, while I'm watching. <laughs> Sometimes the whole lasagna. Yeah. And uh, exactly. <laughs> Xbox lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Destin, Mike Ransky calls me family size because I, I will eat a whole family size lasagna. <laughs> They're supposed to feed six, but I just, I love lasagna. Six? Like Wait, say. is this like the yeah. frozen Marie Callender yeah. deal? Yeah, like a Stouffer's. Oh, yeah, dude. You can. Th- those lasagna. are not like. That's six people that are going to be hungry <laughs> ten minutes later. It's like that's definitely like. Well, that's one. what I say. To yourself, either way. But yeah, I'll eat when Forget I'm watching. Forget about the like six thousand percent daily amount of sodium that you're yeah. putting into your body. That's a topic for another Balance day. Balance it out with some water. You know, that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I I will eat dinner and watch TV a lot. And so when I don't want to touch my controller and get it all greasy because I'm pretty. Like you know, hesitant to do that. He the eats with his hands. Voice controls are great. <laughs> he just eats lasagna with with his for like two hours because he's got to eat the lasagna. <laughs> yeah, lasagna exactly. with his hands. Uh, but yeah, I love the voice controls for that. But I'm on your side. The Xbox Finnegan's cardiologist is listening to the show, and he's having a heart attack right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably not very fit at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I use my Kinect all the time, but I also stream Titanfall and stuff like that. So I like oh. to you know have people be able to see me there because yeah. I'm just not a voice. So. Yeah, you're the opposite of me. You're you're really good to look at. Oh, thank you. The sweet thing <laughs> then, to say. I'm supposed to be like, turn to get rid of the face. Just listen. Just be a disembodied voice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you guys use your connects? Uh, Ryan over there. I have you know. mine's yeah. literally unplugged. Yeah. I use mine for record that, just because the DVR functionality is the only other way to use it. Like without that, it's a nightmare. Super cumbersome. You have to like snap, and then oh, you have to right. have it turned on. Then you have to press record. And then it's it doesn't work really well without Connect. Uh, so for those clips, like those moments that are really cool, you have to use Xbox Record that. I actually haven't used the record feature yet on the Xbox. When it Dude, really Titanfall the... it's made for that. Yeah, I don't really share my clips though. Is the thing like I'm, I, I like the idea of streaming and putting out the straight gameplay, mm-hmm. but. You'll use it for Master Chief Collection. Oh, I probably will. When do you that. get some like sweet, I'm gonna be super sweet killtrocity. Oh yeah. To be like, <laughs> record that. Like Xbox record that. I use Upload Studio all the time. Like something buggy happens in Assassin's Creed. I'm like, that's funny. Xbox record that. <laughs> do you upload add, that and then label it? And do you put upload it directly to the, to your YouTube channel? Uh, no. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's you nice. have to like upload it to cloud, then download it, and then upload it to YouTube. Because that would make too much sense. Yeah, I don't think PlayStation has. Uh, YouTube integration yet either, but they're both working on it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just I love that share factor of that. Or the is the video that. file like? Is it good? Is it? Yeah, it's about 720. That's it? oh, nice. 720. Yeah, no 1080, but it is seven. You get yeah. 720 video. Well, yeah, yeah, so I feel like 720 30. It's compressed, but it looks good. Yeah, I was gonna say like I think 720p is kind of that gold standard when it comes to. Well, but now that now that YouTube supports 1080p 60, it's. You know, well, little, I mean, for well, gameplay, that's for pro like, level production. Yeah, like 1080p 60 is a. That's a capture format that not a lot of people are like. It costs a lot to capture right, right. that kind of footage. Yeah. Like the equipment we use is not cheap. Yeah. So to be able to hit a decent compression level at 720p straight from your Xbox. Yeah. Like that's I think impressive. that's a, that's impressive and that's mm-hmm. kind of the gold standard you would hope. There are devices that do 1080 60 like simple USB devices, but it's so compressed. Yeah. You know. It's like it probably wouldn't even be worth it yeah. at that point. 
So, yeah, I mean, this is great news that the, the sales are doubling. This is a great sign. Obviously, this is exactly what Microsoft needed. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it so, will sustain. So what are the actual figures? Like, they had a sales number and literally, like, to what, date? No, or no, they double the, month over month? Yeah, month over month from Sorry. what double what they sold in May. Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, that's uh, that's good news. But then we'll yeah. find out later today when NPD comes out. Yeah, but they so, never – that's excited. the thing. They don't release specific numbers. It's up, it's up to the hardware manufacturers to put out specific yeah, numbers. that's true. And they so, don't always do that. Going back to your thing, like, is this something you guys think Microsoft sustains over the next couple months? Because June, yes, it may have doubled, but that was also price cut. They and E3 at the same well, time, and, yeah, which I think, they, I think Microsoft had a pretty good press conference. Oh, yeah, yeah great one. they did. Yeah, they'd announced it like a month before, well, a few weeks before, yeah, too. Yeah. So so that probably slowed May's sales way down because yeah. people are like, oh, okay, I'll well, wait. July's pretty dead, right, game-wise? Game-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've still got Watch Dogs out there, which continues to sell really well. I don't know Four if it's million? Oh, uh, they said eight. Eight ships. Sorry. Ships. Sorry. Yeah. So that's not sold through, but... I knew it was a um, huge number. Yeah, it's... You know, you've, so crazy. You've me. got I, Destiny is probably going to move a That's lot of September. a lot of Xboxes in September. Then you've got Forza Horizon Two, which is probably going to bring some people on board. You know, some of those diehard racing fans. Do you think? So let me ask you this: because of the Destiny separation, PlayStation and Xbox, is Destiny moving Xbox Ones for the beta? For, for the, the beta, beta, probably not. Yeah. If I what about for the game when it comes? Absolutely. Out? Yeah. But it'll move. It'll move. It'll move all platforms. Xbox Ones and PlayStation Fours. Uh-huh. Absolutely. What about 360s and PS3s? No, people already have those. <laughs> Everybody already has those. Yeah, like what would be moving consoles yeah. in that regard? I mean, Master Chief Collection is 100% going to sell some Xbox Ones. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. It's going to – I mean, it won't do what like a Halo 5 will as far as mm-hmm. straight you know, hardware sales. But I'm buying that game. Yeah, it's going yeah. to convince some people to you know, feel, feel, uh, fill up the nostalgia tank. Where's and my ODST remaster though? Coming no, <laughs> I like ODST. <laughs> a lot of people do in the on the podcast. I'm just a naysayer. I didn't like ODST oh, very much. Man, get out of here! Yeah, <laughs> has such a cool style though. Next story. Next. Okay, so I had a really <laughs> yeah. I I had a deep cut of a joke halfway through your previous conversation. <laughs> I was gonna say so. Tekken Seven's been revealed. <laughs> Oh, that's the man. IGN way to do things. Is that we we revealed it early? I wish that's you had not done on it. me. That was really funny. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Destin, you're right, Eva. Tekken Seven revealed. Yeah. Uh, oh, what uh, is it? Do we? And how cool is it? So all we saw was like a, a trailer showing two of the characters from the game. One of them was Heachi, and uh, I don't remember the name of the other character. But uh, it was just like a grainy teaser. Mm. Uh, people are kind of excited. Harada went up on stage, though, and said there are two other games that he's working on that haven't been revealed yet. And we may see more about that at Comic-Con. Is it, is it finally Tekken Cross Street Fighter? Mm. Is that one of them? I, we don't know. We I have mean, no idea. In theory, it's still in it's, development. It's, yeah, it's never officially no, been canceled. No, that was the two of them. There was uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which was Tekken that re- characters that released, in the Street right. Fighter game. Right. And then there was Tekken Cross Street Fighter, which is going to be... Yeah, never came out. It was going to be in the Tekken engine. Yeah. Ah, okay. yeah he, joked, he jokes a lot, of, a lot about, uh, oh no, uh, you know, like their rivalry, yep. friend, friendly rivalry. Yoko so, Ono? No, Yoshinori Ono, oh. Street Fighter guy. No, um, Yoko Ono. No, yeah. Yoko Ono. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'll be at Comic-Con. I'll be at this panel, so I'm excited <laughs> to see what they reveal. I would imagine... There's going to be a mobile game, uh, free-to-play. They've oh. been doing a lot of those. Uh, they've, they've taken series like Soul Calibur and Ace Combat and 
than free-to-play mobile and versions. I think there already is a Tekken 1 problem. Tekken 7, they did say it's running on Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, yeah Unreal has a mobile platform, the Unreal yeah, Engine. that's has. true. Yeah. And then it announced... Maybe it's I a mean, mobile game. No, I'm just kidding. Could be. <laughs> Dude, it seriously could be. <laughs> No, Tekken game. Seven announced at Evo. No way! Starts with no way! Characters. It's a mobile game. No way. Well, not yeah. Tekken Seven, but one of the other projects. One of the other ones, yes, I believe that. No, tech, Unreal I Engine Four. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, other it, big announcement, bigger. Uh, Mortal Kombat X revealed uh, Raiden as one of the playable new characters. People were really excited. You say Raiden, I say Raiden. Yeah, I do too. Oh. Raiden, Marty, Raiden. Raiden. It's Raiden in Mortal Kombat. In I'm Metal just, Gear, in well, Metal yeah. Gear, it's Raiden. <laughs> it's the yeah. same spelling. Yeah. So in theory, nope. yeah. no, it's only Raiden in Mortal Kombat because that uh-huh. came out when we were young and dumb and didn't know how to pronounce <laughs> Japanese names. Nope, it's and it's Raiden. Raiden in Metal Gear because. The definitive sort of... They call him Raiden in the Mortal Kombat movies. So. Oh, that's definitive. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Christopher Lambert is Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I'm actually... So, did you uh, see that trailer? The Raiden... He looks fucking... He looks awesome. Yeah. Why? Why is he Bruce does? Wayne he looks awesome. Uh, the Evo crowd is really That's excited, especially about his three different fighting styles because there's a lot of setups. Yeah. You know that he can do. He seems highly mobile too. Like, yeah. I mean, even more mobile than he already was, which mm-hmm. is like he has all these different teleports and he can set like electrical traps now like lightning traps. yeah that's it's, the stuff that's really exciting for uh you know the fighting game community the hardcore guys yeah it looks really cool what did they show it on stage when you were there yeah they showed it on stage and uh, oh yeah they were going yeah. crazy yeah yeah like especially during that setup with the electrical thing they were going nuts they're like oh my god like because yeah. they see the possibilities yeah well because at know? first yeah i saw it too during the trailer at uh-huh. first he kind of sets like a little uh i guess well, what a little light throws a little one trap, lightning trap, orb yeah, yeah and, and then like he throws the other one yeah but then later yeah. on he sets two of them up like yeah. one higher than the other and they and, arc and they arc and they kind of connect and create like this little shield that yeah. makes him sort of you know difficult to attack from the air mm-hmm. and wow it was it looks cool I've yeah. never been a big Mortal Kombat guy either, and mm-hmm. MK9 I'm was definitely rad. interested. Yeah. I'm not a huge fighting game guy, but MK9 was a lot of fun to yeah. play through, so I'm assuming I'm a big Smash too. guy. MK10 is looking great. I thought you said I'm a big Spanish guy. <laughs> Smash Bros. <laughs> not Spanish. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> they, they learned a lot from MK9, and now they've learned a lot from Injustice, and they're implementing those things into the new Mortal Kombat, and people are really, really excited yeah. about that. I mean, okay. Mortal Kombat has always done well, but if the traffic, if the interest level on IGN is any indication, Mortal Kombat X is going to, like, blow up to a whole new level. Yeah. yeah. Tw- which is cr- 20 years later, which is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially since there was that long lull in the middle. I feel like after MK3, like, yeah. no one cared about yeah, that well, series. The, yeah, well, that's because the genre went yeah. away. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't until Street Fighter 4 brought yeah. it back. No, that's a that's a great point. Yeah. Well, we lost Midway, and then NetherRealm came out with 9. Yeah, well, that know? was it. Midway, uh, NetherRealm yeah. brought it back. Yeah. Cool. Finally this week, uh, tell me if you guys, what you guys think here. So, uh, retailers post things all the time. A lot of times they're placeholder, but this European retailer called Cool Shop. Could you imagine working at the Cool Shop? Are you sure it's not like K um, O Umlaut L? <laughs> cool Shop. And we cool just like shop. mistranslated yeah. it. Where's <laughs> the Cool Shop? So they posted a release date for Grand Theft Auto V on Xbox One and PS4 and PC of November 14th, which means which would mean 11, the 11th in the U.S. because games came out on games come out on Fridays over there. Uh, and then they quickly changed it to the, you know, super vague, oh, December 31st, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, fourth quarter, fourth quarter. So based on that, I believe this. 
Yeah. Because I they get the feeling that Rockstar no. like yelled, called him up and yelled at him like, nope, nope, not yet. So Change I mean, we make... believe that it's December thirty first. No, or no, that no. It's November 14th? That it's November well eleventh. Uh, so the, US. the 14th, oh, 11th is still right. a placeholder date for retailers, right? So well, it can they'll be... do mid month or they'll do end of month or beginning of month. There's three spots they'll do it, and 14th is yeah, still we'll in that I, window of placeholder. I, I would totally believe that because it's it gives them as much time to polish up the next-gen version yeah. as they possibly can before they ship it. And they're going to sell a gajillion units no matter when, so yeah. they, they don't uh-huh. have to go in September or October. Yeah, they're that one game that's immune to the fact that you know October and November are insane months. Like, yeah. Rockstar just does not care. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it would be, like, poor, you know, Sunset Overdrive would be the kind of game, full full respect would be the kind of game where people would be like, oh, I was totally going to buy Sunset Overdrive, but now I'm just going to buy yeah. GTA. Pretty much any game this fall is going to be. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Um, I don't know if this date's correct, but it is a really good window for them. You know, when's Black Friday? Like, it's right around a this? a couple weeks later, two, two, yeah. a week or two, two later. weeks later. Yeah, so right before Black Friday, you got your Black Friday sales, you got your Christmas sales. This would be real, a really good window for GTA Five next gen. Con- it would bundle in with console sales, you know. It, it'd be very smart. When So when do you guys, so if you, if you guys aren't buying this November 11th, when do you guys think GTA Five is going to come out this holiday on Xbox One? I think I just sold myself on you being right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, this is actually a really smart strategy. I was I keep thinking September, if only because Destiny so? is the only big thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's I true. Mean, yeah, Destiny and Forza, I guess, at the end of the month. Uh, is that right? Correct. But there's um, nothing within like within like two weeks on either side of Destiny. Yeah, I mean, nothing. you have to imagine uh, We've Destiny has this. the like the Activision full force behind it. So I would imagine that every bus stop and tv ad and everything in those in september is going to be destiny so but then again yeah rock rockstar is the one company who just doesn't, doesn't care, care. so yeah i could see it was sort of as a one-year anniversary it just, when did it wait so it was september right yeah oh yeah you're right yeah, yeah. september can't remember what september. i don't know yeah i don't remember i think it was the middle of the month yeah yeah finnegan what do you what do you think when do you think it's coming truthfully i don't really know i mean what you guys are all saying makes sense um these leaked release dates are like posting you know the release dates online and stuff like i feel like i feel like that is generally a pretty good indication you don't do that without having some information or at least you know something to go off yeah exactly like at some point they thought that this was the release date and maybe they were told that or maybe they know it's that and it somehow made it to the site uh we all know how that is sometimes but uh (laughs) human error yeah exactly like it would make sense to avoid Destiny, so I don't know if it's going to be September. Do you think whoever posted that got fired from the cool shop? <laughs> I think hope he not. was no longer cool. You are no longer cool. <laughs> I, I bet they were cool about it. <laughs> ah! We're transferring you to our sister outlet, the uncool shop. The lame store. <laughs> How did that firing go? Was it just puns? Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, it better have been. Otherwise, why name your shop the cool shop? <laughs> We're transferring you to the uncool shop, guys, aka unemployment line. We're putting you in. We're putting you your job on ice yeah. from the cool <laughs> shop. Do you guys think that GTA Five Next Gen is going to really move a lot of units? Yes. Yes. Grant the thought, man. I, so I'm. I have some weird perspective on this because I have not ever really been a big GTA guy yeah. or an open world guy in general. But I feel like everyone who wanted to play GTA Five already did on Xbox 360 or PlayStation Three. I think that game is. First of all, I'm. I would bet money that there's new content in it. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. whether it's like a Ballad of Gay Tony type, you know, standalone expansion story or uh-huh. something. Like it's gonna have 
There, it, yeah, it won't, I don't think it's just going to be a straight port right. because then I agree with you. A lot of people will be like, well, I love GTA, and man, it would look cool on my new box that I just paid but 400 bucks for. But yeah, I played I that game. I'm yeah, sold so on it. You are? So, I, so I, yeah. what, I guess what makes you so you, – did you already I play mean, it on Yeah, I already gen? played through the whole story. So what makes it appealing to you on next gen? I'm the, just curious. The upgrade – Graphically, like mm-hmm. it looks so good. I want to see like that better draw distance. I want to running see it more... a locked thirty frames would running be nice. Running at locked thirty, yeah. Uh, all that additional traffic that's going to be able there. You're not going to come to blank areas. There's going to be like, it'll be more of a true living, breathing, breathing world, mm-hmm. right? With uh, less of the technical. So minor, I mean, minor technical stuff because Grand Theft Auto Five was phenomenal. Right, oh, yes. that's what I was right. going to say. Is like it, yeah. it sounded, you know, again from all the reviews and from. Too this first person testimonial was yeah. that like it was already sort of a very immersive area to kind of play and you know that it felt very real and mm-hmm. kind of awesome to exist in like yeah. does the new tech really add enough of that to justify another sixty dollars for you i mean i, mean, it, I guess the answer is yes you already yeah, said it does for me i'd really like to play on the next gen platform but what about you guys i i agree with you destin yeah. i i also finished the story and yeah. i probably put what did i do 40 40 45 hours yeah in, in gta 5 on three. the last game i've put that much time into like yeah. i finished the story i played a ton yeah. of multiplayer and see the thing you know? but the where i look at it is do i want to go through the story again yeah, probably not necessarily but there's so much side content there's yeah. so much to do in that game that I still haven't gotten to even in my 40 something hours mm-hmm. so yeah I would be more than happy to jump back in and uh, you know I I only played GTA online for a little bit at the beginning when it was still pretty rocky mm-hmm. so I'd love to go back in you know they're gonna be adding full multiplayer heists probably by the time oh, yeah and they've been promising it for a long while but I would bet again I would bet money that those full online heist will be ready alongside this game so mm-hmm. yeah i would go back for just to play you know multiplayer on next gen mm-hmm. yeah Martin? i'm not a big gta guy so i i agree with everything you guys are saying i don't mm-hmm. i probably won't no. play it but yeah, I, like, it's gonna I know move, my interest level is pretty yeah low. it's gonna move crazy numbers and i completely agree with you either if not legit a legitimate dlc episode a la gay tony or yep. uh, lost in the damned uh the, the heist will be ready like this will be a sort of game of the year edition yeah, yeah. yeah i, I looked 100 right and they have cats for 10 hours i looked for a jetpack that doesn't exist in the game <laughs> <laughs> you know i want to i want to see what the next gen version has i swam for like three hours looking for a hatch in the wow. in the ocean like i love those easter eggs and stuff like that and uh did you I found, found all the, the ufos i, I found say, yeah. all the ufos in the game and i landed on them and i set them on fire and i tried to blow them up like all that stuff's so cool and it's, that's why grand theft auto was amazing was know? there a payoff for that like you don't nope. have to spoil it but you get to see them that's it just the pieces it's about you the just, journey not the what destination what about the thing on top of the mount chiliad is there anything that's a ufo it's a UFO that's transparent. And you can't actually shoot it, but there's other UFOs in the world that you can actually like land a helicopter oh. on, and they like make this noise that makes your helicopter deactivate. <laughs> so like you have to be like really tricky and like land on it. It was really fun, and it's about your story about yeah. finding that stuff. Absolutely, not about like everybody wanted a payoff, but there wasn't one. Payoff is your story, I guess. Yeah, journey's the destination, or destination's the journey. Journey's the destination. Whatever. The destination's the journey. That's the most depressing <laughs> thing ever. That's the slogan for Destin's YouTube channel. <laughs> what? No, it's not. It should be. It though. should be. Yeah. It's good. It that, will that be. That one's free. 
Okay. I'll be to charge you for the future for future marketing. I I haven't had time to do anything <laughs> with that channel. That's gold copywriting right there, courtesy of Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sean Finnegan, yes. new guy. Take yes. us through the marketplace report. What can we spend our money on via either in retail shops or downloading? Please things? tell me there's a card so game. Please X- tell me there's a card yes. game. Yes, Destin. <laughs> uh, on Xbox Live Arcade, we have Magic 2015 Duels of Blockers yes. on 360. Of course, ten dollars. That game is really good. It's uh, always really yeah. good. It's yeah, I've really never good. played it, but I know that Ryan Clements used to talk about it all the time. Yeah. And that makes me interested and also not interested at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Abyss Odyssey. Oh, also a backhanded compliment that was. $10.10. <laughs> Does this game actually $10.04? Yeah, why is so it $10.04? I, seriously, <laughs> so I, what? You know, I prepped the show. I you know, was on Major Nelson's page seeing what dropped for Arcade this week. You know, he just uh, he does the – he makes you click through because I guess there's region-specific pricing. So I, you know, and it took me, you know, took me over to the Xbox.com product page, and in the U.S., it's marked as ten dollars and four cents for this game. That is crazy. Don't ask why? me why. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, the game's like a super pretty two D roguelike spelunky kind of thing. I haven't played it, but it looks cool. Anything with Abyss or Odyssey in the title. <laughs> 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 uh, James Cameron's yeah. Abyss Depression Odyssey. Odyssey. I was just about to say that. James Cameron's The Abyss. <laughs> Great flick. Um, do you want me to do the marketplace? Yeah, as well? what, anything yeah. we can download. Or actually, you can ignore the f- first bit needs to be deleted from last week. Oops. So, Oops. Uh, yeah. And actually, most of that. A system update. Yeah, for... all that's old news. <laughs> just the games with gold games with for gold. July. Yep. Guacamelee mm-hmm. Sur- Super Turbo Championship Edition for Xbox One. Free. I was looking at that the other day. Zero dollars. Download it. Everyone just download it. It's free. Yeah. It's free. It's free. I punched some it's chickens. Awesome. It's free. Punched a bunch of chickens. chickens. And uh, Battle Block Theater. <laughs> On 360. Yes. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Free games. And Max. Is Max Curse really still free? Continues. I think so. Still? I think it's through the month. Wow. Yeah. Mac, that's amazing. Has that been like two months for Max? Months. It has. Yeah. Yeah. They really want you to play Did that. Did you guys game. play Battle Battle Block Theater? No. Nope. A little bit. No. Dude, lo- was I it as cool it. as Castle Crashers? I don't it's think so. not quite in the same, but it's it's very good. Don't get me wrong. So I played a lot of Castle Crashers back in the Everyone day. Everyone did. Yeah. I played a lot of uh, was it Alien Hominid? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Their first game. Hmm. This is yeah. kind of in the marketplace vein, but who's still playing Walking Dead season two? Oh, I am. Well, yeah, I'm waiting on on Wednesday. I'm an episode episode behind, but yeah, they just teased the new episode. episode So play episode three as soon as you can. I want to, but I play with Christine, so I'm trying to time that out better. I'm really terrible at this stuff because I I prefer to wait until all of the episodes are out and play them all in a row because that's how I like to consume content. But if you're working at IGN, like... I'd, Spoilers. You never, yeah, you'll never know when. Well, one people might just spoil it for you. Just you'll have to shoot a desk. video yeah, about but it. I am usually tasked to produce the spoiler casts, mm-hmm. and so like it's difficult to sit in that room and listen to all of you guys talk about it and watch your levels but not be listening. Like I'll turn, <laughs> I'll turn off the headphones yeah. and like turn off the speakers and just like every once in a while I'll, like flip them on just to make sure no one's peeking yeah. and then to flip them off again just kind of sit there. And when Clementine died, oh god. Yeah, yeah, just like exactly like turn that one down. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played it yet so I can't spoil it. I'm both I'm behind that was, yeah, that was just a goof by the yeah, way. It's, it's a joke. Yeah. I'm walking I'm in Walking Dead season 2. I'm a couple episodes behind. Actually, I haven't even started yet and then in Wolf Among Us, same thing. I've only played the first episode. No excuse now. Wolf Among Us is done. Well, yeah, unless, so you wanna wanna... <laughs> unless you want to wait for the next gen disc version, that's which is true. coming out <laughs> that's a, at some point soon. Yeah, they announced that this week, too. That's that. a game where that doesn't matter. it doesn't matter what platform you play it on. Not I really. Yeah, unless, I mean, on PC, it runs better than it does on, on consoles. Oh, that's nice. Across the board. So I would imagine a next gen, hopefully. Well, that's, again, one of the few times where I was like, 
most of the time I don't really care how a game runs as long as it doesn't impact the the sure. game too much. Yeah, and it doesn't. I but mean, I, 90% yeah, of that game is the story. So. There was one time back in the day when I was playing uh, Walking Dead Season 1 where uh, it had one of those little like frame rate hiccups during a dialogue scene mm-hmm. and then I, it came back the game loaded and the character was looking at me and I had options to answer oh. <laughs> and I was like I don't I had to infer what she had asked me based As you, on like, the answers you click something and then yeah, they just pulls out like, a gun and murders them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god I'm so sorry yeah, the daughter the kills their time. parent yeah right <laughs> it's just like what happened what have I done <laughs> yeah. what did you say I didn't mean to yeah that was the only time otherwise it really hasn't impacted it so it doesn't matter too much to me that it would run better on PC but still I guess if you haven't played it, definitely get it. Groovy. All right, we'll come right back and chat it up with Deej from Bungie right now. Now this week's featured guest stopping by in studio, the man himself, Deej, the man formerly known as David. He has left that life behind, (laughs) a life of sales and advertising and snowy Midwest winters. Yes, I'm uh, reborn under the rainy... Seattle skies come to lead the bungee community into a brave new world. So that's my new destiny. Oh, and we're done. And we're Thanks, done. Next Deej. That's a great show. Uh, Deej, so yeah, you are the bungee community manager. You're here. Uh, you were here today. Uh, of course, it'll be yesterday by the time people hear this. We did a little live stream, a little two-hour action from the beta, a little premiere, yep. which was fun. We had a good time. Made lots of bad pop culture references. Yes. But also showed off a lot of uh, the video game that you and your team are working on. So we're on the doorstep of the beta here, although this being an Xbox podcast, our Xbox friends have to wait a little longer. Uh, share with me, let's just start there. What, share with me some of the frustrations of managing a community. And you've got, uh, you know, obviously Bungie's core fan base has been Xbox gamers. Not to say that they're. So you know, Sony gamers are not also Bungie fans, but you know it, it's it's been a little uh, a little dicey, a little uh, a little feisty and contested. With you know, a lot of people think that Bungie has turned their back on Xbox gamers because the beta, you know, there's exclusive content on the PlayStation version. The beta doesn't start till later. So just tell me from your side of it, you know, because obviously it's a marketing deal. You know, the business reality. That's how these things go. But but from the community side, are you finding yourself frustrated? Are, are people no, in the I'm not, community I'm not. understanding? And I'll just jump in right there. Yeah, it's not frustrating. It's uh, part of the. It's just part of the role. It's part of the reality. Uh, you have a community that is fiercely passionate. Uh, they're deeply invested in these experiences. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, that is, uh, you know, what we hope for. You want to have a community that will tell you how you feel. You want a community that is. You know, deeply invested in what you're creating for them. You can't just have the light side of that. Right. You know, there are going to be days when they're disappointed. There are going to be days when they hold. They may hold you to a standard that is, you know, something that they have, you know, conceived of in their heads. You know, you you're not going to please everyone. You're not going to do things that make people happy all of the time. And when people tell you that they disagree with you, when people tell you that you're upset, you know you can't turn a blind eye to that. You can't say, "Well, I'm not o- I'm not going to listen to you only when you're saying nice things about me." Um, you know, we have a deep and meaningful relationship with the Bungie community, and we take it in all forms. Uh, if they tell us that they love the game, we listen. We listen to why they love the game. If they tell us that they want certain elements of the game changed, we listen. If they tell us that they're upset about the realities of a competitive industry, certainly 
we listen. Right. Um, you know, this is my job is to maintain a relationship with these people and to help them maintain a relationship with us. When I look at the Bungie community, uh, I see gamers. When Bungie looks at its community, we see people who play games, we see guardians. Uh, the only divisions that we see in that community is Hunter, Titan, Warlock. <laughs> and that's how we treat them on yeah. Bungie.net. Everybody can show off their legend. Everybody can join a group. Everybody can join a clan. Everybody has an equally loud voice. And there is a raging debate on our forum as to what platform they want to use to play this game, how they feel about the way things happen in a world where different entities compete with each other for business or for enthusiasm or for emotional buy-in or any of these things. And as gamers, you know, in the back of our minds, these are things that we have to at least admit that we can relate to. Yeah. Anybody who wields a more powerful weapon understands a competitive advantage. Anybody who invites a skilled player to join their team and go into the crucible understands a competitive advantage. Uh, these are the realities that we live and die by in business and in competition and in life and love. And, you know, it's what do they say? All's fair in love and war. <laughs> I mean, this is just the world that we live in. Uh, we don't create this world. We make games in this world. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about business deals, I don't have a seat at that table. Sure. The seat that I have is at this table where I talk to you about people that play games. Yeah. I have a seat at the table with our community where we talk about destiny and the adventures that await us on our forum. So that is what I isolate my focus to. I don't make any apologies for how different organizations do business. Mm -hmm. I talk to people who want to have amazing adventures in a shared world where they're going to have explosive moments of action with people that they've never met before and maybe even elaborate on those experiences and form friendships that they'll have with for the rest of their life. That's the promise that I need to keep to them. So on that topic, I mean, you, you seem a, an, a particularly great fit for Bungie with this game because you were telling me off air about how you got to Bungie and where you came from in your life and sort of how you came to to get Bungie's attention and ultimately get hired by them and I'm hoping you might be able to share that story again because I think you know so often in particularly you know the IGN community is a very vocal passionate one where the there is that vocal minority who matter but they tend to uh, sometimes steer the conversation be just because the silent majority you know, doesn't speak up. They're just out there. They're listening to this podcast. They're reading IGN. So you know, kind of tell sure. me about, about, again, where you came from and, and how you came to, to end up at Bungie. Sure. Well, I am a, a product of the Bungie community. I didn't invent any of the things that I did to get Bungie's attention. I basically responded to the challenges that they issued. I played uh, Bungie games. I answered their calls to action to create clans to play Bungie games. I mean, there was the button right there in the game. Do you want yeah. to start a clan? Okay. What's a clan? It's like a team. Fine, I'll start a team. <laughs> you know, I played team sports growing up. You know, I understood these things. Um, but as I played games online, I realized that not everybody had the attitudes of sportsmanship that make healthy competition fun. Which is unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate, but it's not insurmountable. Yeah. And that's basically what I started to do was I started to go to fan sites and on my own blog talked about the fact that we can all be friends. Uh, I have no beef with anybody who plays the games that I love. If you play the same game that I love, you and I have something very precious in common. Sure. If you're out in the real world and you're in a place where you don't know anybody and you see someone wearing a T-shirt, 
that has on it the logo for the game that you love, that's probably the first person that you're going to go up and talk to in <laughs> yeah. that space. You know, say, I play that game too. What do you play as? You know, I hope we see people doing that with Destiny. Like, hey, what's up? You play Destiny? You got the companion? Show me your guardian. You know, and then they can have these interesting conversations with each other. So, I mean, my origins as a person who dealt in gamer community or had anything to do with gamer community was provoked by Bungie. And I formed my own blog where I talked about the virtues of respecting your opponent, um, you know, admiring their success, uh, giving any gamer out there the respect that you think that you deserve yourself. And that enabled me to kind of tap into what you were just referring to, you know, the the silent majority. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I was working in a restaurant, and my boss told me, if someone has a bad experience here, they will tell 10 people. If someone has a good experience here, they might tell one person. Yeah. And that's just the culture of customer service or feedback in general. There is a complaint department. There is very rarely a come and pat us a, on the a back. A compliment to, department. Exactly. <laughs> Take a number and wait to kiss our ass. <laughs> that just doesn't exist in this world. So if you're reading an internet forum, what you're probably going to get are pearls of wisdom from people who have an axe to grind. All right. Now, we make better games by listening to those people. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, what do we do about those people? How do we make them go away? Because the people who will take the time and come to you and tell you how what you're doing can be better are an extremely valuable resource that we're always grateful to have. My curiosity is how can we reach out to those people who aren't talking, mm -hmm. who do love the game, and give them the things that they need so that they can enhance their experience by sharing it with other people who agree. Because those people deserve our voice and our attention just as much as the people who have something to say about how they think it could be better or feedback or complaints or rage. Yeah. You know, you want to rage at me, you rage as hard as you can about me. Start a petition to provoke me to lose my job. <laughs> as long as we're talking about this game and as long as we're talking about how this experience can be better for everyone, I will listen. Um, but in terms of my history and what led me to being Bungie's community manager, my focus was always reminding people that we can butt heads and we can blow each other up, you know, and we can assassinate each other. But at the end of the day, we still have the capacity to be friends. And we still have the capacity to form up in teams and have some healthy competition. At first, that really became a matter of sort of insulating myself from the more toxic elements of online competition and online multiplayer games by surrounding myself with people who are willing to be cool. Right. And then over time, once we actually had that group assembled, it was a matter of telling their war stories as a means of setting a positive example. And other people, not to say that they followed our example, but other people said, I'm in a similar group and we would like to play you. Let's have a nice tournament. You know, let's have sort of a United Nations on the internet sure. where we agreed to defend the notions of sportsmanship. So we actually created an alliance of different clans who would help sustain each other. You know, it's like we have too many recruits, have some of our recruits. You've got somebody who is playing games in a different time zone than most of your membership, send them over to us, we'll play with them. So we helped sustain the clan-driven fan movement in the different games that we liked and was able to migrate these groups from one game to the next. So we're playing Halo, we're playing Call of Duty, we're playing Battlefield, we're playing Titanfall, we're playing any game 
that exists that lets gamers come together and share an experience in a social setting. But that's an awfully adult perspective. You must have been raised by a couple of good parents. I was raised by a soccer coach. So, you know, the lessons of shake someone's hand, look them in the eye, and say good game, play your position, play your role. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, my dad taught me growing up playing team sports that are kind of ingrained in my personality, and I wanted those things to exist in the games that I played. So I realized that it wasn't just sort of there in the offing easily and organically, so I created it for myself and for the people that I was friends with. And at first, I mean, I'll admit, the first blog post I ever wrote on this topic was a rant. And sure. it was me flinging my finger in the face of the internet and saying, things could be better than this. Yeah. And one comment in the blog uh, comments was, I lo- I'm glad someone's finally saying this, here's my gamer tag. And I looked him up <laughs> on Bungie.net and realized, this guy's awesome. <laughs> if I keep writing these blog articles, I can just lure these people out of the darkness and I can stack <laughs> yeah. my team with really skilled, polite people. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Of course. So you know, I've had people tell me, you couldn't win a game without your clan. It's like, guilty as That's the charged. point. That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. Clans give people a tactical advantage. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I played in the live stream, and I picked the best possible people that we could play. Uh, with from Bungie and you know, we won and even we though won. I stunk yeah and you and I were like down at the bottom of the scoreboard just getting dragged across the landscape like anchors like the view's great from back here bros keep foraging ahead you know and you know we had a great time and you know we we're just laughing and scratching and I knew some of the guys in the friends and family wave of the beta who were you know beating up on us from the other side and you know at the end of it we're kind of you know exchanging some humorous tweets back and right. forth and I mean it doesn't get any better than that you know, you're, you're battling these people, and you're having a great time, and then once all of it's over, it really doesn't matter who won. I mean, you know, wink, wink, no, nudge, not, nudge. not when you play we're, with all your friends, right? Yeah, yeah we're happy that we won. But um, whether those people are people who I know, you know, who I literally gave beta keys to so that they would be there when we went to play today, or whether they're people that just met online, uh, we start out as friends. You know, I will trust you until you give me a reason not to. Yeah. And then when we get angry hate messages after the game, you know, you're a bunch of filthy campers and you can't win and you have matching <laughs> gamer tags and you cheated because you used teamwork or whatever feedback you get from those people. It's like, well, I won't be seeking you out, but I certainly won't engage you in a war of world, war of words and see, you know, who can throw the best insult yeah. at each other. Because that's a waste of energy. But I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm getting too deep down the rabbit hole here, but I mean, I've got... You know, I, I sort of started in this games media business that I'm extremely lucky to be a part of almost 12 years ago now before the rise of social media. And, you know, I've seen a vast change in the, the sort of uh, viciousness and volume of the conversation at times. And I have a three-year-old, and I worry that, you know, the next generation of, of gamers and just people in general mm-hmm. are going to come up with this sort of instant there has to be a snarky knee-jerk uh dismissive reaction to everything because that's what my that's that's like the culture of social media yeah uh so i mean have you what's what's your perspective been as somebody who's been uh on you know sort of both sides of the community fence for the last 10 or so years because you were telling me you really get kind of got going with with halo 2 well halo 1 even you said on the land parties but you know online with with halo 2 i mean do you do you see that am i am i is that a justified concern on my part or or do you see the 
Are you able to see the strength of the, the good through that? I think absolutely. I think the internet magnifies everything. Yeah. So... If, why doesn't it why doesn't it uh, amplify uh, the good stuff more? Well, I'm sitting here to tell you that I built a community that amplified the good stuff, and there are so many other communities that are out there, and the, uh, the you know the negativity or the complaints or the you know upset feedback does tend to resonate a little bit more loudly right. because that's where the enthusiasm is for some people. You know, I need to boost this signal. I need to make sure that other people are also angry about the same thing so that we can change this. Uh, you know, it's the person who asks the chef to come out and talk to them in the restaurant who isn't having a good time while everyone else is just heads down over the best meal that they've ever had. Yeah. That's the way these things work. But what we have seen, even, you know, in the early early adoption of the Destiny community. We've seen people who are telling us that they're upset about things, but we also see these fantastic montages where somebody just says, I'm going to uh, barrel roll my sparrow off of some sweet jump over and over and over again. I'm a one-trick pony, but my trick is totally sweet. And we see people who get together who, you know, dance in the tower, you know, funk music and say yeah. robots are best. And we see people who are already gathering together, you know, to have almost support groups threads as they say goodbye to their alpha build or their beta build guardians, you know, and these characters that they create and they sort of commit to the void as we move along toward yeah. another version of the game. So if you look in the right places, you can see people who express their satisfaction or their dissatisfaction for anything. It's just about selective attention is the phrase that I've always used. In any time I've ever managed a community, um, where you, even if it's a smaller community, where you can come to a forum and you can click a button that says, show me everything that was said since the last time I was here. I would try to tell people, there isn't a whole lot we can do to make that feature of this forum work better for you. Yeah. Your selective attention is your best weapon on the internet. The people that you choose to pay attention to or follow on Twitter will define you. These mm -hmm. are the people that I'm interested in hearing from. True. The different websites that you go read, the different blogs that you comment on, everyone has complete and total control over what they decide to invest their attention in. And I think, you know, the negativity that you're describing might seem louder or it might seem more immediate or it might seem to have greater capacities to go viral just because of, you know, the machines. It's like we've put a megaphone into every single person's hand. Absolutely. And if somebody wants to stand up in that restaurant on top of their chair and start saying, my rigatoni is terrible and you should feel bad. My wallet's the one that says bad mother effer on <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, those people, everyone in the restaurant will be aware of those people. But we're not in a restaurant. We are on the Internet, and those people can easily be muted. Those people can be in unfortunate situations banned. Yeah. On Bungie.net, we maintain an environment where you can follow the people that you want to hear from. You can join private groups and keep the company that you prefer. And if anybody is annoying you, you can mute them. You can make them disappear from the landscape, or you can just decide to skip over what they wrote. Right. There is nobody on our website that can come and get in front of you and prevent you from doing what you want to yeah. do. So when people come to me on our forum and they say, someone was mean to me, the first thing I'll say is, you should ignore those people. You should move along and focus on the positive. And if they try to build a statue to those people by saying, everyone should take a look at this troll and we should rise <laughs> up against these sorts of people, it's like, you just built a statue to a troll. Right. Of course what that person did is wrong. But you just 
turned that person into a legend by complaining about them publicly. So the best thing to do if you want to combat the trolls is to starve them. To yes. focus on the positive. The old don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the trolls. Don't echo their voice. Don't boost their signal. Figure out what you want. Figure out what inspires you and what you want to talk about and invest your attention into that. So I say all this, and, and we, in fact, are lucky that uh, we have a Podcast Unlocked Facebook group that is filled with fantastic gamers who all cooperate and play nice together. So should should we, should should that Facebook group... Should we go form an alliance on Bungie.net? How, how many people in that Facebook group? Boy, I haven't checked in a while. I want More than 100? It's well more than 100. So what I would recommend is uh, start a group on Bungie.net that will be the umbrella for your alliance. Find out who is interested in leading clans in that group. They will have a shared environment where they can come together and say, we're, Mac- we're McCaffrey's IGN podcast you know, fan group. We all see games through the same lens. You know, we love listening to Ryan talk about games. We love reading IGN. Uh, we love games for remarkably the same reasons or we relate to them in the same way, and that's what we have in common. People within that group might relate to Destiny in a very different way. Mm-hmm. There might be the Raid Masters. There might be the right. Crucible Masters. There might be the Story Completionists or just the free roam people who enjoy stretching their legs and getting out in these big, you know, expansive areas and enjoying the game. And they can form different clans under that umbrella that are all linked together and part of that alliance that offer different flavors for different players. Interesting. Uh, They'll all be aware of themselves in the same group. So someone might say, I'm in the Crucible clan. You know, I do competitive gaming several nights a week, but you raid guys have an interesting thing going on over here, and I need some of this crazy gear that, you know, (laughs) some of these crazy weapons that you've earned so that when I go into the Crucible, people look at me and they're like, you are crazy. Look at you. (laughs) Like, yeah, I do everything. I'm not just here in the Crucible beating up on people. I've gone out into the wild and taken down these bosses. So these friends who have connections to each other can kind of pull each other out of their comfort zones to experience things that they might not have really thought were for them. And it's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to with Destiny is a community that mingles across different social lines and tries different things. So, yeah, one thing I was driving at earlier is, uh, as I promptly lose my train of thought, there it goes, there it goes, it's gone now. Uh, Where was I going with that? Uh, Oh, just that, yeah, you... you uh, seem to be a very perfect personality fit for the type of game that Bungie is building with Destiny. Would you say that a lot of these community philosophies that 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 uh, define you and and that are ones that you champion uh, are being built uh, in woven into the gameplay <laughs> systems of Destiny? I think I've had a pretty good relationship with Bungie for a long time, so you know. The community managers that came before me, you know, guys like Luke Smith, guys like Eric Osborne, um, you know, even guys like Kevin Paul, you know, there are a lot of people who have sat in that chair and maintained a relationship with the Bungie community. And I've always enjoyed bending their ear and kind of talking to them what we are all about. So we have had a friendship that's kind of, you know, continued on through all, throughout the years. And, you know, I actually told Eric 
um, you know, when he brought me out to be the community manager, I said, this game is perfect for what I like. This <laughs> game is great. I mean, it's exactly. social, it's cooperative, it's uh, shooter, it's got sci-fi elements. There are some new things in it that surprise me. I mean, this thing's amazing. Uh, you know, but I came out to Bungie. I had no idea what Destiny was. Right. I had no idea. It was well under development at that point. Yes. yes. It was, you know, in a very early concepting phase. Uh, they were just about to stand it up and slap it, slap it all together and say, do these design pillars work in this space? And then show it off to everybody who had a vested interest in it and say, this is what we got so far. That's when I joined. It was well before the reveal of the game. Right. I made a huge leap of faith. Uh, I had total faith in Bungie and their ability to make great games that delighted people, um, you know, stimulated their imaginations and gave them exposure to other people who were playing. And, you know, the rumors about it was that it was going to have a very social, almost an MMO quality, yeah. even though for so long we've said it's not an MMO, just to try to set the right expectations. But we knew that it would be a big game, that there would be a lot of capacity for social interaction. And when I told Irk, thank God that this wasn't some single-player, you know, Knights of the Round Table fantasy type thing, <laughs> because I don't know if I would have been able to translate my vocabulary that I use to talk about why I like games to a project like that. And, uh, you know, Irk in his constant and steady wisdom just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, well, I wouldn't have brought you out for a game like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that, you know, there have been some very deliberate decisions that have been made about who should talk about this experience and, you know, who should be uh, exposing gamers to this experience. And I'm certainly not the only one to do that. Sure. Um, you know, I'm in many ways sort of a, a biographer for... Uh, a fiercely talented and passionate team. I, I try very, very hard uh, to refer to Bungie as a we instead of an I. And I think they could see in a lot of my old blog programming the fact that it wasn't about how I felt about games. It wasn't about what Deej does or thinks or plays. It was about my clan. You know, it was about these gunslingers, and it was about the way they play games together and the way they storm into a game on day one because that's when everyone's separated and lost and confused and they yeah. don't have anybody on their friends list playing that game yet. And we're like, bad news for you. We're coming in six deep, and we are already on a team with matching gamer tags. <laughs> and we might not know the lay of the land, but we're willing to form up and watch each other's backs. Yeah. And those war stories were always so fun to tell, and it was about chronicling their shared exploits more than my own. I used words like we and they more than me and I, and I think they probably thought that lended well to helping Bungie to, you know, explain this crazy journey of ours, you know, and sort of clearing the table of everything we knew was successful and say what is the next brave new world that we want to create and who is going to want to come and explore that space with us and what sort of expectations should we set for them before they arrive. So before I let you go, I, I am just very much connecting with i can just see the the level-headedness and the maturity in in sort of who you are and what you stand for if you have well we're out in public right now well so. yeah wait, wait till we're you yeah. know we're next door drinking yeah, yeah exactly you're catching me at my best right now <laughs> but but seriously you know what you know before someone if someone wants to go rant about something on an in the ign comments section on an article or on but what's what what's sort of the what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's you know wants to vocalize something that they're not happy about in mm -hmm. a game or in a community mm -hmm. in a way that maybe they if they just if you if they that you could say hey stop and 
Before you do this, here's a way that maybe you could do it better. Well, if I could do that for your comments section, I would certainly do it for my own. <laughs> so I have no, could you do it for ours? Yeah, I have no, I have no, I have no secret magic bullet that can cure the internet of, of rage or vitriol. Uh, I think, um, you know, talking to the different gamers who are in your community and just remind them that there are going to be people who are, who are upset about things, but you can always talk about what you love. Um, if somebody is interested in providing constructive feedback... If they're coming from that place of reason, what I would tell them is if your argument comes from a place of anger or rage, you should probably come back and express yourself on that point later. Yeah. Because anytime you're speaking from a place of anger or rage, anytime you're using exclamation points or bolding your words or typing in all caps, people look at you and it's really easy for them to discredit your opinion and say, well, you're just mad. Right. Uh, I don't do that, but I think a lot of people will say, you know, you're just angry. You're just, I, I really hate the phrase, but hurt. I really don't like that at all because it's a great way of people looking at other people and saying your opinion is invalid because you're upset. Right. But it happens. Um, if you're trying to help the developer make a better game, explain yourself logically. Uh, think about how you would tell them to make a game that's going to be better for everyone. You get a lot of feedback from gamers. That is, I want you to make my favorite weapon more powerful so that I can win more matches. <laughs> and if we operate on that feedback, we make one person happy. Yeah. What we want to do is make a game that can delight everyone that plays it. And we're not going to please everybody, but we're certainly going to go for the numbers on these things. We're certainly going to try to make a game that will please most of the people that want to play it. And as long as you're remembering that you are the member of a community, you're not the sole proprietor of what this game is. So they, the world does not revolve around the you. The world does not, in fact, revolve around anyone. It revolves around the sun. <laughs> what? I swear to God. In fact, you can explore the solar system in Destiny, which could add to your scientific knowledge of the celestial bodies that are in play. Available Army. September 9th. Available on a September 9th. Become legend on four platforms. So uh, last question I have for you, Deej, is you, know, you come from a Halo background, as do I, as do a lot of people listening to this show. Sure. So give me... We got uh, Destiny. We're, so Xbox gamers, while we're not getting the beta first, we are getting it. And But we are getting Destiny and the Master Chief Collection mm -hmm. this uh, holiday. What's your favorite Halo 2 map? Just off the cuff. What's mm -hmm. first one? Go. God, Relic was a Halo 2 map, wasn't it? Yes. I loved I strong loved, call. I mean, that's I loved a, the tower. Plus, I had rehearsed so many times that warthog charge up the back. You know, <laughs> so you load up your warthog team, you jump that first burn, uh, you take, uh, you know, you take the objective on the right flank. You know, right flank as you look at it. Uh, you, you know, you swing around the rocks. You vault up that back ramp. Hopefully, you catch somebody sleeping with a shotgun. You splatter that guy. Yep. You rebound off one of the walls. You take the next ramp. You rebound off another wall. Hopefully, you're astute enough to park while two guys get out, grab that flag. And if you do that right, when you vault off the end of that structure, you know, like an Olympic diver in your fully loaded family car. Someone's <laughs> shooting off the back for all the guys that are charging up the back of the base to try to stop you. Your flag carrier's sitting riding next to you shotgun and you fly through the air to land on the ground and hopefully drive that thing safely back home. What's better than that? Flag captured. Flag captured. Uh, so is that favorite favorite Halo map all time? Any Halo game? Is that is that number one for no, you? No, I mean, it's got to be... Uh, it's, it's got to be the figure eight of madness and death that was blood culture, coagulation, or, you know, hemorrhage, or, you know. I mean, the only, I finally uh, broke down in Halo Reach with as easy as it was to use, like, Bungie Pro 
you know, to render video minutes. And I finally went through and actually made my own Halo combat montage, you know, like the ultimate vanity project for any (laughs) gamer. You know, it's like, here's me and all my sick moves from a Halo game. (laughs) And I, uh, I made my own combat montage and not a single shot was fired. It was just me in my Warthog picking up panicked flag carriers and, you know, ferrying them back home. You know, and and just the teamwork it took to do that. Set to Don McLean's American Pie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, you know, those those moments of teamwork, those moments that take a lot of coordination and a lot of guys talking to each other and a lot of guys doing very specific things that they are best at, uh, was what I always loved about Bungie games. And I'm really seeing those things starting to happen in Destiny, and uh, I'm seeing people starting to embrace their roles, and I'm seeing people starting to form up into teams, and, you know, the fact that people have kind of taken that cue already, and talking about, you know, who are the best Destiny clans? I'm like, this game hasn't even come out yet. There are people (laughs) boasting that they're the best Destiny clan, and they have yet to play the game, and as much as we might smile or laugh about that, that's awesome. You know, that is awesome, and I want all of these guys to try to you know, create a, a personality for themselves, you know, and create, you know, find a special voice for themselves and find a niche that they can really explore in the community because then people have interesting choices. They can say, I want to join the clan that is good at, you know, just having a good time, drinking a few beers, playing in the crucible. I want to join the clan that is, you know, ruthlessly committed to completing a raid first, or I want to join the clan that knows everything about the story, you know, and they're they're like graduate level thesis authors as to the, you know the myster the mysteries of the traveler, you know. It's like, you know, there's going to be so many different flavors for people to browse through, and that's just gonna that's going to enrich the tapestry of this community. So you said earlier you are, you know, you define yourself by the 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 blogs you read, the sites you read, the people you follow on Twitter. If, like me, I'm liking a lot of what you're saying, where can I follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Bungie. As the uh, I, have my, yeah, yeah. I have my own personal Twitter account, but you're not going to get a lot of gamer wisdom there. You know, you're going to get maybe, you know, some moments from, you know, my travels or, you know, some some funny joke that popped into my head. I'm not really serious about my own personal Twitter dialogue. I maintain a presence up there, so I can't be impersonated. But sure. uh, really, at Bungie is where I try to deal people into um, the Bungie community. And uh, I think the Bungie blog is really where I do my favorite elements of my job because, you know, we just talked about these things for a half hour, and we have said far more than 140 characters about what it's like to that be a true. gamer in a, in, a, in a vitriolic, in a landscape that has the potential <laughs> to be vitriolic. Yeah. Um, but I would welcome anybody to come and read the Bungie blog and tell me I'm an idiot or, you know, voice their own opinion in the comments, start their own group. I mean, really anybody at Bungie can be a blogger. Anybody at Bungie can start a post, you know, that invites debate and anybody at Bungie can start their own group and they can start fostering the bonds of friendship and teamwork and sharing (coughs) that I've described. Uh, Bungie.net is where I got my start. Bungie.net is where this clan that I built was incubated in a private group. And now we're taking those private groups and we're turning them into the war rooms that we sort of, you know, refined and perfected off-world by infusing our forum with some of those social services. All right. Well, we'll put you on a plane back to Seattle so we can get you back to Bungie so you guys can finish this game that's coming out in September. And... uh in the meantime, X, the Xbox beta, the Xbox One and Xbox 360, will be able to start playing 
on uh, Monday the 23rd. Wait, is that a Monday? Not a Monday. Whatever day the 23rd is. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Yes. I've been corrected by and, someone uh, who has a calendar. Make sure that <laughs> by someone <laughs> equipped with a deadly calendar. <laughs> and uh, make sure you play on the 26th because that's where you earn some pretty sweet rewards that will actually be waiting for you in September. Okay, that is an excellent teaser. Yeah, that's how you'll be able to say, I was in the beta. Prove it. Okay. We will end on that note. Deej, thanks very much for, for hanging out, and uh, we will definitely be looking forward to playing the beta and the final game in September. Very much a pleasure, sir. Unlock block. Can you take on the challenge? All right. Good stuff from Deej. That was mm -hmm. a fun interview. I, I'm glad he, glad he was able to take the time, yeah. sit down, and uh, listen to me go off about community and how <laughs> whether we're all doomed or not. Yeah. He's I like a nice that his guy. super nice guy. I'm yeah. glad that his answer is no. We are in fact not all doomed. Mm. So time for a little unlock block trivia before we go. I like we got some fresh meat to test here mm -hmm. with uh, Sean Finn again. Let's do it. I'm ready. This one comes to us from a gentleman whose name I forgot to write down. So I'm gonna look that up sometime. Javier Escuela. <laughs> <laughs> Javier says You know what? I can't look it up. I'll, uh, he, he knows he won. He'll, Thank he'll, you so much for sending the question. Yes. We appreciate it. Guitar Hero Van Halen is on the way. <laughs> and uh, the question is Red Dead Redemption related, boys. That's why I yelled Javier Escuela. So yeah. This was a, <laughs> that was a <laughs> game of the year, well, winner, basically, in 2010? This, this game is phenomenal. Yeah. 2010. This game's the best. In yeah. Red Dead Redemption, John Marston works with a U.S. Marshal inside the city of New Austin. What's the name of that U.S. Marshal? Destin, do you even need no. a multiple choice answer? Nigel West Dickens. Oh, is it really? Yep. Oh, nice, because that's who I picked. Well, obviously, that's who I picked, too. <laughs> but you guys played the game. Maybe no, I'm I did not. I, now I'm worried I'm wrong. No, I don't, I I don't just, remember Lay Johnson. I don't remember oh. Seth Breyers or <clears throat> Irish. Irish was absolutely a character in the game. Was he? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go. Nigel West Dickens sounds like a fancy name. To me, you don't Now have... I'm worried. I must be wrong. Because <clears throat> Ryan gave me a look when I said that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, man. I <laughs> hope oh. you're wrong because that's who I picked. And I didn't play the game. And that would be hilarious because you did play the well, game. Well, our, our uh, not-supposed-to-be-anonymous winner, who since I was dumb enough to forget to co copy down his name, claims it was Lee Johnson. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> classic Justin. <laughs> and then classic us lemmings off the yeah. cliff. Yeah. Yeah, you were like, all going to pick him anyway. No, I wasn't. So I was going I was to pick Nigel Irish. West Dickens because that's the coolest name. And I didn't play Red 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 Dead Redemption. Also, total side note, since I didn't play Red Dead Redemption, anytime someone mentions John Marston, I think of James Marsden. Oh, yeah. From X-Men? Yeah. 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 Anyone else? No? Yep. Oh, I'm not like, with you. 100% yeah. with you. Uh, That's the DLC, the face you get laser eyes. Oh, my God. That would be really yeah. cool. Wild West with, like, yeah. shooting lasers and You also get people. to date Tina Fey in 30 Rock. I think I went with Nigel just because he's, like, yeah. the most memorable character from that mm. game. Well, Even when he uh, says his name. Well done, Anonymous. You have yeah. stumped our panel. Javier. In, in Sorry, glorious guys. dramatic Sorry, fashion. Guys. If you would like to win a prize from Podcast Unlocked, send your Xbox-related trivia question. Include four multiple-choice answers. Note the correct one, and we'll need a shipping address for you. Send all that to unlocked at IGN.com, and we'll play again next week. Mr. Finnegan, well yes. done in your second appearance. Thank you. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Can oh, we follow I'm, you on Twitter? Can you we might be able to be on the show for the next month because I'm not going to be on this show for Yeah, because you're, you're doing Comic-Con. Comic-Con, a week at home. Uh, Vacation, and then Gamescom. I'm be in Gamescom for two weeks. Oh, man. Or for two different 
Wednesdays. It crosses. Yeah, okay. I'll be at Comic Con. How long are we at Gamescom? Are you going for vacation after that or something? Uh, we're going a little bit early to travel. Wow. Are you okay. doing the Amsterdam trip? Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a nod. I forgot this is radio. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I hope you guys are are in work shape when you get. I'll be there. I'll be fine. <laughs> we'll see. Brian Albert's a little bit younger. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I don't. If he can. You need maintain. to. You need to take him under your well, wing. Well, like you said, a lot of the uh, a lot of the newer guys here uh, just got got put on their ass after E three. That's just, true. Yeah. They by, don't. They don't have various illnesses. They don't have the <laughs> antibodies from trade yeah. shows. Of, yeah. Yeah. After yours. years of traveling and meeting tons of sweaty nerds, we've all built up our uh, sort of immunology there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a busy summer for me too. I'm going to Comic Con and then mm-hmm. a couple other secret trips internationally abroad. Nice. So you what? Go, you should all know where I'm going. But uh, yeah, we'll talk later. Uh, what videos have you done that we should be checking out on IGN? Anything um, you want to? Check out all of these podcast breakouts that we're doing. <laughs> podcast Unlocked, Podcast yes. Beyond. Uh, do any unboxing? I saw some sick Lego unboxing. We did do a really cool Lego <laughs> unboxing. That is uh, going to be going live next week. It's the uh, Constructo Mech from the Lego movie, which oh, is nice. really cool. Like, oh, if that's you've cool, seen actually. the Lego movie, it's this massive robot that's that the main cool. character builds like in a final battle. That's and... really cool. I didn't realize that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, that's the piece. Uh, evidently, it's not that hard to assemble, 708 pieces, but the unboxing is really cool. It's Tim and Greg, and they both love Legos, so that'll be live next week. So, And where can we out. follow you on Twitter? Follow me on Twitter, at IamVinnegan. And if we can challenge you to a uh, competitive shooter match, particularly Halo, and if we want to feel bad about ourselves, because we'll lose. Absolutely. <laughs> you can always challenge me, and I will take it up. I'm not that good at Titanfall, but I'll play you in that, too. Uh but yeah, Halo for sure. That's my jam. Or Counter-Strike, All right. Uh, I know we covered off on a lot of Halo last week. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get your hands on, when you get Master Chief Collection? you got all these campaigns. you oh. got anniversary multiplayer. You've got truthfully, old school multiplayer. What's the first thing Sean Finnegan's going to do? Truthfully, it's something that none of you guys are going to expect. It's going to be Halo 3 campaign. Really? That's the first really? thing I want to Jump, yeah. Jumping back in? Like, I have, I played more than more than the, the other Halo games. I played Halo 3. Yeah. Like, I played Halo 1 and 3 probably more than any other so Halo So you're game. down for and Halo 5 because it's another odd-numbered game. Yeah, exactly. It's the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a, it's like there's Star a mission. Trek films. Yeah. There's a mission in Halo 3 where I forget exactly what you're doing, but you kind of drive down to the coast uh, in your Warthog, and then you have to jump out and get in a Hornet and kind of go up and yep. uh, dislodge a couple of things that are like, you know, creating shields around three different major points for an attack or whatever. And I remember that being such a awesome, huge mission because it's the first time you get to fly a Hornet. Yep. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're flying around, you're shooting Banshees out of the sky and stuff, and you have to land and then jump back in it. It was just a super cool mission. I always remember it, and I didn't, I haven't played it in a long time, and I really want to go back and do that. Mm-hmm. 1080p? So, yeah, 60 1080p, frames. 60 frames. Like, that's what I'm yeah. really excited for because multiplayer is really great in Halo. I love it. But truthfully, like, what really speaks to me as a sci-fi guy is just the scope and the scale of what Halo does, and no other sci-fi game, even Mass Effect, I would argue, yeah. doesn't match it in that way. So I'm really stoked to go back and just play those campaign sections that I mm-hmm. remember so well. That's awesome. That's the first thing I'll do. So Marty, uh, we're not going to see you again for a while, potentially ever. ever. Yeah, it's been nice working with you. Yeah. You're a good human I got being. Dark. <laughs> Any anything going on on IGN that we should be checking out from you? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was a part of the big uh, the Halo beta or the jeez, Freudian slip, the Destiny beta hands on <laughs> uh, hands on impressions uh, that went up yesterday, and 
Ryan and I were also on the fun two-hour live stream alongside Deej and Damon, so that's already archived on the site. Yep. So if you have an Xbox and you can't play the beta until next week, that's definitely worth watching. Cool. Um, yeah, you can follow me at Nick Biggity, uh, two Gs and two Ts. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna have we're gonna have a ton of stuff next week on the site, starting Wednesday night and then going all through the weekend of uh, Comic Con. Of Comic Con. I mean, ton of uh, we're gonna have a ton of Halo stuff, uh, Sunset Overdrive stuff. There's a lot of hands-on. We'll get some new impressions and, and new demos of. Uh, a lot of the E3 games. So, so in particular, I mean, yeah, you, uh, Nightfall, Halo Nightfall, yeah, Halo Nightfall. and Sweet. something from Master and, Chief yeah, Collection Master probably, Chief, right? Yeah, there's a Master Chief panel and a Nightfall panel, two separate panels. Sweet. And usually, you know, it's not going to be like insane fireworks, crazy news, but you, the, usually there's something cool newsable out there. So I don't Mass know, Effect. Some more, uh, yeah, there's a Mass Effect panel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously a couple weeks from now, you guys will talk about it, but Gamescom is going to be yeah. huge. Cool. Huge. Well, we'll miss you. R.I.P. Destin? plug and stuff uh i'm also going a lot on those international on a lot of those international trips so i'm going to be at gamescom tgs and pax prime this year that's a lot yeah and those are all like back to back so i will also be not here for a little bit at the end of august <laughs> i'm super jealous last september to TGS and i really want to go yeah. tgs is awesome yeah mm-hmm. are you going no i went last year mm-hmm. i chose gamescom this year yeah. you have chosen but um, <laughs> besides that, we're still working on finishing off the IGN first content. Yeah, Destiny. Yeah, a bunch of great stuff. I don't think we're allowed to talk about, but uh, uh, just just uh, it's all from after this week. We're covering things that are that beyond, you won't find the, in the beyond beta. yeah beyond the beta stuff. Yeah, so it'll be good. Yeah, that stuff's all going to be really really cool. And at Destin Legary, yes, mm-hmm. and the Destination. I YouTube. haven't updated that for a long time because <laughs> I don't have time. It. I want to get you some some subscribers <laughs> on there. Thanks, Ryan. And then you can find me at DMC underscore Ryan. And uh, what am I doing? I'm going to be writing a one of the Destiny. It's sort of a. It's mostly video pieces from here on out. But I'm going to be writing up a big thing on what the sort of uh, late game, some of the, the raids in yeah. Destiny. I'll be writing about that. Uh, so that I'm. I should probably do that soon. I, that's what I was doing before I came in here. Yeah. <laughs> the paper. Uh, actually, I'll plug one other thing. I put up a preview yesterday. Probably best to just Google it. It's uh, the next game from Clay Entertainment, oh, the nice. Mark of the Ninja guys, yeah. which everybody listening to this show should know and love and own Mark of the Ninja because it's one of the best live arcade games, yep. period. One of the best stealth games on the platform. Their next game is another stealth game, but it's turn-based, It's which sounds weird, but... Hmm. Uh, check it out. It's called like Invisible Ink, as in Incorporated. Oh, I think I heard you guys talking about this the other day. Yeah, yeah. it's I, w- I, I hadn't seen the game at all. And when Jamie Chang, the founder of the studio, came in, he was on Up at Noon this week. Oh, and right, then, that's where I heard So about he's it. on, you can watch Up at Noon and, and see and you can see some of the game. Yeah. And then I, he actually gave me an, uh, an in-depth preview of the game, and I just sat there, like again, having never seen it. It's like, this is so good and yeah. so up my alley. Those guys, man, they just make good games they over do. there. They make interesting games. They know what's oh. up. So check out the Invisible Ink preview on IGN. I think we're done. Did you uh, write it on white text on a white background? Yeah. Except the text was black. All, all of that except the... So, as a, as a, a, I, yeah. as a <laughs> Invisible Ink. A dust double Yeah, I'm with you. A coyote. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Picking at my corpse yeah. after you've murdered me. For, just go with it. So uh, I think we're done. Yeah. We got Oh, Mitch is at the International. Follow him at Mitchy D and all of our coverage of the Dota 2 tournament. Oh, the right. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. Really cool competitive game. Big tournament happening. Yeah, who's the producer weekend? on that, John? I'm one of them. 
that's happening. That's yeah. I'm here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, nine to nine. Yeah, covering that thing. And you might think esports. You got like, nothing on Evo. You might think mobas are just a PC thing, but uh, they're coming to consoles very soon and a lot of different games. So get used to it, chumps. Yep. <laughs> You're not actually well chumps. then. I love you all. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think we're done. I want to thank Deej from Bungie for stopping by, hanging out with us. Yeah, thank this, you, Deej. We got a hour, over an hour and a half show this week, thanks wow. to that interview. So, you're welcome, <laughs> internet, for that nothing. You're yeah. Not, yeah, I don't know what just happened. I don't know why both of us got hostile near the end. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know either. You no. owe us. <laughs> uh, no, thank, thanks very much to Deej yep. for sitting in here for half an hour and uh, chatting with me. I want to thank Sean Finnegan, who hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of. I hope so, too. Marty Sleva, yeah. who we'll never see again. R.I.P.s. And Dustin Legary, <laughs> who maybe will find you at some point <laughs> in the future. Uh, hopefully. I'll be around. At some destination. If I'm oh, gone cool. for four episodes, can I write Can I write in a letter every episode? That yes, you please. No, yeah, news from the Le- battlefield. Letters yeah. from the battlefield. Oh, letters, letters from the battlefield. I love it. Okay. And we'll, dear, it was a rough day. Dear Ryan, dear Ryan and Mitchell. <laughs> Things, it's I'm been a tough It's getting difficult. Lately. Food rations are scarce. Wisconsin sure is strange. <laughs> but the memory we can of reenact them in the office. <laughs> okay, I really like Dramat- that. I'll do a dramatic. Well, what was it? When did we do the dramatic reading? Remember oh, what God. that was? Oh. oh, we did. Are you talking about with Cliff for Up at Noon? We did a dramatic reading. No, no, oh, on yeah. this Cliff. show. Oh, okay. I did one, and so people, yeah. a bunch of people thought it was good. Okay, so we're going to do it again. We could, we could just bring that back for Marty's letters from the... From, the, okay, from around the world. I'm excited for this. We'll make it happen. This too? I'm excited for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 154. Most of you subscribe. The easiest way is on iTunes. Uh, just search Podcast Unlocked in the iTunes store, and you can subscribe. It'll get fed to you automatically. Drip feed right into your veins. Whoa. Uh, thank you very much, Sean, Marty, Destin, and we'll see you all next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.